Good morning and welcome to chapel. We're so grateful that you guys are here with us today. We are continuing to move through our theme this year of Be Not Afraid. This morning we're grateful for some amazing musicians, the CLU String Quartet and, I was looking over there, but Paula Kellogg, our organist. Thank you for being with us and giving us to the gifts of your music. We also want to welcome the ELCA business leaders from many of our sister institutions in the Midwest. We are so grateful for your work and so happy that you are here with us this morning as we're worshiping together. Let us pray. God, hidden and revealed, I have so few ways to pray and you have so many ways to answer. Keep me alert to your unpredictable, unexplainable, surprising answers. Answers which, by your grace, make us one of your biggest surprises. Surprises that stand in awe of majestic mountains, who respond to a healing touch, who feast at first suppers and broken bread, and who breathe deep memories. Continue to surprise us, O oh, unpredictable, unexplainable, and surprising God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. That it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, have you have any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed into the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of your fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. And they did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. God's grace, God's peace be with you all. In the late 80s, the chip companies Ruffles and Doritos got into an ad war with one another. 
The rate of sending TV commercials into the media stream was absolutely spectacular. Almost weekly, new ads showed up on TV, and those ads paid very much attention to culture and context. Now, these days, while we might find these commercials culturally inappropriate or even largely inaccurate, these companies were doing their best to capture the chip consumption market. Let's watch this one. Key phrase, if I give one to you, I have to give one to everyone. No, get your own bag. This perspective is born out of scarcity. It is the perspective we start from in the story that Diana read. The story begins, I'm going out to fish. The other disciples, we'll go with you. So they went out, they got in the boat, but they caught nothing. Raw fact, nothing. Zero. Not one fish was in that net. They fished all night. Not one fish. The equivalent to coal in the bottom of the Santa sock. Then again from the shore, Jesus called out to the disciples, Friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. More scarcity, no fish. This was their life's work. This is what they were trained to do. This is what they were good at. And to go out and catch absolutely nothing, humiliating. And to be certain, financial recklessness. What must it be like to work amongst a set of folks who view the world, their life, and their interest through a filter of scarcity? People with a scarcity mentality tend to see many things in terms of win and lose. There's only so much to go around. And if someone else has more, that means I've got less. There's a limited supply or amount, and scarcity-minded folks have a hard time sharing what they have because there's only so much to go around. i got to hang on to what's mine. Oftentimes we find in scarcity-minded individuals that they have a very difficult time being happy for the success and achievements of others. Their sense of self-worth comes from comparing themselves to others, others who win, which means they've lost. That's scarcity mentality. But then the story moves along. Jesus said, throw your nets now on the right side of the boat, the other side of the boat, and you'll find some. And when they did... They were unable to haul 
the entire net into the boat because of the large number of fish. In fact, the story goes so far as to list how many fish they caught. Imagine the disciple tasked with that counting. One, two, three, and then the clown disciples off to the side. Let's mess with him a little bit. 24, 27, while he's only at 13. Oh, I have to start my counting all over again. Scarcity. Scarcity mentality. But now, let's watch this one. Crunch all you want will make more. This is born out of abundance mentality. Welcome aboard the abundance train. Those who ride this kind of train believe that there is enough to go around, share easily, and are genuinely happy for others' successes. And they win when others are winning. To restate, Ruffles and the scarcity model see the world with a limited size pie where we all compete for a slice. If your slice is bigger, that means mine is smaller. We compete for material goods, but also for intangibles like prestige or honor or credits. And really, if you think about it, at the end of the Survivor episodes, somebody is going to get kicked off the island. Scarcity. The Dorito abundance model sees possibility about what is and what could be. They encourage others to fully use their talents to explore fresh options, and they rejoice when others succeed. The Bible consistently teaches us that we worship not the God of scarcity, but a God of abundance. A God who has love and mercy in generous supply without end. Our cup is not just full, it's overflowing with the goodness and grace of God. Finally, this. Jesus said, bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore, full of fish, 153 of them. But even with so many in the net, the net did not break. And then Jesus, out of great abundance, invites them. Let's have breakfast, right here, right now. You've got 103 fish, 53 fish, that ought to feed us all. Abundance. And then some. We are called to live a life of abundance. Jesus' first miracle, the wedding in Cana, was to supply wine, good wine, to a feast. God's abundance, ceaseless. Creation keeps happening Forgiveness continues to be poured out. God's kingdom is a welcoming, inclusive place. Abundantly. Yesterday on campus was Giving Day. 
yesterday was all about abundance. Celebrating the gifts, not only of this place, but the gifts of those dotted all over the country, all over the world. Celebrating the gifts, disciplines, and ministries of this university. People were invited to share from their abundance to help support what we do here. Yesterday was a great example of what happens when you look through the lens of abundance. And people shared, thanks be to God. So I invite you to live abundantly. Be gracious. Do so generously. Look around you at the resources that you have and that you have access to. Also acknowledge you're seated next to some wonderfully abundant people filled with all manner of good gifts, too many to speak of, too many to count, far exceeding 153. And you, you have been created in the abundant image of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, I have so many things I want to ask you, but sometimes fear gets in my way and so I choke back my questions. Sometimes there are a hundred things I want to tell you, but then errands, arrangements, meetings, meals, laundry, classes to teach, papers to write, and so I don't tell you what I'm thinking. Sometimes I get stuck, so stuck that I can only deal with my own ruts, my own critique, my own leaky relationships, my own preoccupations. And so I stay stuck on me. Sometimes the filter of scarcity clouds my vision. Oh God, please stay stuck on me, stuck to me. Oh God, Daily speak to me of your forgiveness and hope and abundance. O oh God, provide answers even before I know what to ask. Amen. Go with God always and forever. Be with God as God is with you. Love as God has loved you. Amen. I invite you to share of God's a sign of God's peace with those all around you. And while you're doing that, we get to listen to Paul.